100%. One of the, the things that, like, you know, that I am selling people uh, on and promoting is, like, hey, like, you can do all these things. Like, you can be – it's okay. You don't have to just pick one. And, you know, you don't have to, oh, I'm just a songwriter. I can never do that. I'm just a singer. You're a creative, okay? And you live in a day and an age <laughs> where modern technology has made it easier than ever for creatives to get their ideas out of their heads. You Now more than ever, you don't need to be an engineer. You don't need to have gone to music school. Um, and that's just the truth. And a lot of people that, that did pay the money for the music school, you know, are going to maybe disagree for that. But like, I think, you know, like I just interviewed Steven Slate on my podcast and we were talking about it. He's like, no, man, like, I mean, like we look at where we are to where I'm not saying like, oh, anyone can do it. No, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Hey, what's up? This is Gabe from Legion Beats and MIDI Money, which is where we help music producers start, grow, and scale their music production businesses. Now, if you'd like to learn more about how I was able to turn Legion Beats into a profitable business and how you can join our community of hundreds of producers all working towards that same goal, head over to midimoney.com slash go. All right, guys, welcome to the MIDI Money podcast. Today, we've got Chris Bradley from Produce Like a Boss. Chris, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. We were just talking about how we uh, how we both really enjoy kind of the entrepreneurial side of things and marketing side of things and, um, you know, geeking out on that stuff. So I'm looking forward to geeking out with you. Me too. I, I always like tell people, I'm like, man, I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid and then I started making the Kool-Aid as far as just this world. It's It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's something, you know, that that I do like to talk about on here, but it's, you know, I think for so many people who come from the the background in the arts, right, with music, a lot of times the perception is that the marketing side of things, that being an entrepreneur, that running your business is something that's not fun to do. It's something that sucks. It's something that you kind of have to do or or you think you should be doing, but you're not, um, yeah. which is what I thought for a long time too. And then and then I got into it and it sounds like Sounds yeah. like you too. Did did you always have? Did you always like both sides of things, or did you start from music and then learn about marketing and stuff? No, I've always had like a really strong separation of like my left and right brain. So it was like I was either doing the artist thing, or I would have a job of some sort that I would apply that left brain, that logical brain to, and I would be good at that. But I never thought to put them together to support my artist side, if that makes sense. And it's really when they the two came together that I found like I was having the most fun and I was the most inspired, you know? Yeah, no, I can definitely relate. So let's, let's back up a little bit. So what, okay, let's, let's hear a little bit about your kind of backstory and how you got into, you know, into what you're doing today. Sure. So, um, so I'm from LA and, um, I'm a singer songwriter first and, um, I've been producing now for, I mean, more seriously for about eight years. I probably had Logic and GarageBand and stuff for a little bit longer, but really showing up every day and for about like eight years. And um, when I, <laughs> the way that I got started is I was writing songs and I wanted to get my songs cut by other artists. And so I was doing all these networking, you know, events and I was, I was playing rounds and it was like I was paying to have my songs produced because you have to pitch a presentable demo when you want to have your songs cut. And it was just adding up, you know, whether it was 500 bucks or 700 bucks or even like 300 bucks. If you think about how often you're writing, I was writing faster than my bank account could keep up with, you know, and then like some, you know, you get a lot of no's in this industry. So it's like, oh, I just spent $500 to get that song cut to pitch to this artist. And it was a no. And it was just like, okay, so maybe I need to learn how to do this myself, you know, and uh, I didn't grow up with a smartphone or computer like in the house. And I was already just kind of not really tech savvy. Hadn't even owned a computer that long. 
And, um, but it, so I got one and I got, you know, my first version of Logic I had gotten from in Thailand, actually, it was a cracked version of Logic. Um, and then I started, you know, I just started playing around with it and um, kind of banging my head against the wall and uh, through trial and error, kind of figured my way through it. And my demos really, really sucked at first. And, you know, sometimes it didn't matter because you just needed like a guitar vocal or a piano vocal to really sell the song. But sometimes they're like, no, this needs like a full pop production or that's what's going to sell it is the track. It's the track. So... I started putting in the work and, you know, just grinding <laughs> and, uh, you know, it got better. And then, and then people started coming to me and saying, Hey, can you demo my songs? I want to pay you. And I was like, well, yeah. And then I thought about what I was paying for those demos. And I was like, I charge $300. I charge, you know, $500. And then I just started upping my price. And then, you know, one thing kind of led to another. And then, you know, some artists came to me and they're like, Oh, I'm going to release that demo you did for me. I'm like, well, that's not really a demo. Am I producing? Like, did I just become a producer? Like by mistake, you know? And, um, what started as a necessity really turned into a passion. Cause I just kept going further and further down the rabbit hole and, you know, really chiseling away on the craft. And then, you know, this led to, uh, producing for other artists, you know, continuing to produce, produce my own demos. It also led to some sync placements, which is really cool. And just being able to collaborate, just simply the fact that I could track my own vocals now and that I was recording forget like even before I had like really gotten to that point as a producer I was able to start making money online because people wanted to hire me to sing on stuff and top line to stuff and write stuff and I was like you know custom writing and all this and I'm like dude this is amazing this whole world like opened up to me the second I learned how to record so fast forward to uh to today sorry I don't mean to ramble it's just kind of like a, a loaded no. story <laughs> but you know what happened is I started teaching uh, the artists that I was working with I'm like man like because they had such great ears and ideas for production I'm like man you should just be able to at least record your vocals you can make some money online um you know learn how to produce some demos so you don't have to pay every time you know because here's the thing sometimes you're trying to like get a song out there and it ain't the right song the song's not there and now you've invested money into this song that really the song needed to be rewritten but because you spent all that money, now it's kind of like no turning back. But if you're doing your own production, right, and you can live with it and sit with it, then you have an opportunity to not be throwing that money away. So I started teaching artists how to produce their own demos. And then one thing led to another. I was like, I'm going to do some YouTube videos to help some friends out, you know. And then um, I was about to put a course together. And a friend of mine who has a membership site with a bunch of songwriters said, why don't you put it together on a paid platform and I'll be an affiliate for you. And I didn't even know what that meant. And he's like, read this book, Launch, by Jeff Walker. And I want to introduce you to my friend, Bill O'Hanlon, who, um, you know, is a close associate of Jeff Walker. And I said, okay. And then the rest was like history. Like, I read that book, and then it led to all the Russell Brunson stuff, you know, building a story brand, you know. Um, and then even the co uh, that guy I met, uh, Bill O'Hanlon, ended up becoming my first coach. And, uh, and that was just a year ago, actually. I'm actually coming up on the year anniversary wow. of my first launch. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, congrats on because I've been seeing your content everywhere and I see you crushing it. So the fact that you've only been in that world for a year is very impressive. And I think, um, you know, what's cool is kind of it's a story of so many people that I've talked to on this podcast and that I've talked to in general that have that have found success is sort of maybe doing something like you said by necessity. Right. So for you is like starting as, you know, a singer songwriter. And then it was like, well, you know, if I can produce for myself, that would be helpful. It's not even necessarily something that was on your radar as, oh, I want to be a producer or whatever. But then mm -hmm. it was like, okay, this is something that is the next thing in front of me that's going to help me get to that next step. So let me learn how to do that. And then all of a sudden you found that you were excited about that and good at that. And not only that, but figured out how to monetize that. Not even that the trigger going out of your way to doing to do that. It just sounds like you did a good job at it. And so it kind of somewhat naturally, you know, evolved into that. And then again, right, where it was like, okay, now I've got this other skill and I'm starting to show people, 
well, I guess I should learn how to how to market it and how to do that. And then and then that opened up this whole other world to you, too, where it's like now you're excited about that. And it's another path, you know, for you to make money and grow your business and grow in your career. And, and I assume probably grow as a person and learn, you know, about all this different stuff. So I think that's really cool. And it's um, that mindset, I think, is so important too of embracing that next thing and not thinking, OK, like on day one, when I started, what I think is my path, like being stuck on that at all. Because I know for me, it's, exactly. it's been very different, it sounds like, for you as well. So Absolutely. And if you had told me like a year ago that I, I didn't even know how much I would love teaching it, to be honest. Like people would tell me, like, you're a good teacher. Like you have a really good way of breaking this down. And, you know, I've, I've come to see that my, my ICA is actually me 10 years ago. <laughs> it's the singer-songwriter who's like, oh, this is way too techie. I can never finish, you know, figure this out. Or maybe the singer-songwriter who's been surrounded by producers that were like, oh, you, you should just stick to what you're good at. Because I had a lot of that too. I had a lot of people not being supportive of that. So um, just being able to help those people that I'm speaking their language, like they're my tribe. I'm like, hey, is this how you're feeling? Because, you know, pain point, right? But that's me, literally me. All I have to do is talk to myself, you know, 10 years ago. And it turns out there's a whole, you know, tribe and community of people that want to learn how to do this. They just, they need to be spoken to, not like an engineer, but like an artist and like a songwriter. And that's just like, I'm so lit up about it because it's just, I feel them. Like I genuinely have like true empathy for where they're at. And I'm so excited to help them get to that next point. And you, I mean, I would have never guessed how passionate I would be about teaching so much so that it's like become, you know, I've got a, my production company is Boom Fox Productions and that, you know, everything's been so much about produce like a boss lately. And I'm kind of okay with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Same, same thing for me too. It was like the next evolution, next evolution. And, and one of the more recent ones was starting to teach. And I, I had no idea that I would like to do it. Now I love it. Now it's so fun. There's, you know, it's so fulfilling, but I think there was a real gem in there too that you were talking about, which is that your, you know, you know, your customer customer avatar, the person that you're serving, your your customers are um, somebody, it's essentially you, right? Somebody, <laughs> but somebody that you have uh, that you can relate to, that you're excited um, to solve problems for, and it's something that you know I like to emphasize when I'm teaching for producers too, is like a lot of their stories is hey i was a rapper i was a singer and then i started making beats so it's it's you know very similar to what you're talking about um but even if it's not like for me that for me that wasn't my path um but i did get the opportunity as an engineer you know to work really closely to be in the room with with rappers and, and singers and artists for for years and and feel like i had a good sense of what are their hopes and dreams and you know fears and and uh and 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 get to know and be friends with a lot of these people to where it's like, okay, now I'm excited about serving that person too. And it's not just about, well, I make beats and I want to sell beats, right? Cause that's right. only going to take you so far. Or, you know, I make courses and I want to sell courses or I do right. them, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I think that's a big gem that's really important is one is being really clear. Who is that customer that you're talking to, right? If you're just trying to talk to everybody like, Hey, I'm going to teach everybody how to produce. Well, now you're competing against all kinds of different people. Right. That's going to be really hard. And you're not going to speak to that that group as strongly right and i imagine that your audience probably really feels that like oh wow like chris is speaking to me directly yeah. like i imagine you get you know that kind of feedback yeah i feel really lucky to have found that blue ocean without knowing i was looking for the blue ocean you know like the fact that i was able to 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 like just really hyper focus into a, a niche instead of just be like oh i'm gonna teach pop music production it was like i didn't even know i mean i know now that that's a very strategic thing to do <laughs> to you know yeah. make sure that you're not you know going into a really saturated area but it was just like 
I don't know. I kind of feel like it was kind of kismet. I was just like, how can I show up and be myself and like make the most impact? And it's like, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome, man. I love it. (laughs) It's like, I, I, and I won't lie. When I first thought about making the YouTube videos and doing all this, I'm like, oh, this will be great brand awareness for Boombox Productions and I'll get more clients. And that was an initial thought. And it very quickly went away because I had no idea how much, how fulfilling and how big and just how wonderful this would be and how much I would love it to the point now where I do get more clients and I say no to a lot more clients because not because I don't want to produce anymore, but because number one, it's really nice to have the, um, to, to be in the position to be selective with, you know, is this the right fit or am I just doing this because it's a job because I have done those tracks in the past and to not have to do that now is nice. You know, it allows me to always come at something from passion as opposed to like a paycheck. And then the thing that I'm super lit up and on fire about, I get to like really give, you know, as much of that myself to that as possible. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that there's, I think there's, there's sort of two sides to that of what you're talking about of, of being able to say no and saying yes. And, um, I think there's some nuance there because usually like, here's my feeling. And I'm curious what your philosophy on this is, but when I feel like when you're, when you're earlier in your journey, you should pretty much be saying yes to almost everything, right? Maybe not mm-hmm. everything, but for example, like if you didn't say yes to let me try to figure out how to produce for myself, you didn't say yes to let me try to learn some of this marketing stuff. Um, you know, if I didn't say yes to ah, let me let me learn about you know let me start teaching and, and learning about that or whatever, um, then then it wouldn't have taken me wouldn't have taken either of us to that next step, right? Uh, but then at a certain point. Now it becomes cool. Now you're Chris Bradley produced like a boss and you have way, I assume way more opportunities than you did a year ago, certainly two years ago, three years ago. Right. And it becomes now, okay, now, now I see all these different possibilities and opportunities. It becomes more about, well, here's these 10 things that all look pretty good, but let me pick the one great one based off the information I have at the moment. And, and then now I have to say no to the other things. So it's a little bit of nuance where I feel like it depends more on where you're at in mm-hmm. your journey as far as how much you're saying yes and how much you're saying no to. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. Um, I think absolutely in the beginning stages, like you should be saying yes. And, you know, a lot of people that I talk to are like, well, how do I know what to charge? And how do I, you know, and when it gets into like charging for their stuff. And I'm like, well, you have to look at like it's mark. It's it's all, you know, what is the market willing to pay you right now? Because if nobody's willing to pay you, then you need to create something so great and go get that social proof to where someone is willing to pay you for that thing. So it's just kind of the natural progression of things, right? You know, so it's like, you know, when I first got started, I said yes to everything because I was just excited at the opportunity for it, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing, uh, another gem right there is, is, um, so maybe you're earlier in your journey to where you don't have a ton of whatever credits, you don't have a ton of, you know, a big following. Um, I think that's the, the approach is do it for free or do it, you know, get that result for somebody, whether if that's, you know, a producer giving away some free beats or if it's, you know, you know, whatever it is. Right. And then, you know, use the word social proof, which is basically just the idea of showing other people that, Hey, other people think I'm good at this. Right. Yeah. So whether if that's a testimonial or a credit or, you know, whatever it is, it's showing, you know, it's like when you're, uh, uh, you walk by and there's a long line for something, then you're just like, what, what is this? I, should right. I get in this line? Like, th- right. Um, and it's just like, it's just human nature is that, um, you know, we make our decisions partly based off of, well, I don't know if other people think it's good, then maybe it's good. Yeah. Um, so, so nobody anyways, wants to be the first jump. one at the party. People want to come into the party <laughs> that already has people hanging out at it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, right. Oh, this is exactly probably right. a good party. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think it's so off. So I think people get that part of it. But then a lot of times I'll be working with producers, I'll talk to producers, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, all the stuff that you're talking about, whatever, as far as the tactics and strategies to sell and grow the business, that's all great. But that works for you because you already have a following, because you already have a list, because you already have that social proof and those testimonials. And so I think what you said there is really the answer is, mm -hmm. yeah, guess what? I wasn't born with followers or a list or social proof, right? Nobody was. It's it's you get results for people. You do the work um, and then you build that resume. And that's kind of how that's how you get it in the first place. And then it, it kind of builds from there. Absolutely. Uh, there's this thing that, um, oh, is it Stu McLaren or Amy Porterfield? One of them says, and he said, like, you have to be obsessed with getting your clients results. And like, I just like, I literally say that in my head as a mantra when I go to do something like, how can I, I don't even, I'm not going to say, I don't think about like the impact is great, right? The money is great. But like, I try to focus on like, if I'm thinking too much about numbers and like, just running numbers, it gets a little too robot -y for me. But when I'm like, how many people can I help today? Not how many sales can I make, but like how many lives can I change? And I, you know, how many people can I help? And I know that sounds extreme, like not to be dramatic. I know we're talking about music production, but I do. I get a lot of like singer songwriters, producers that, you know, that reach out and say like, this changed my life. Like this, this was, you know, especially with COVID and everything hitting, like, thank you. And like, how many like people can I feel like that right there, you know, and just like in the heart. And I focus on yeah. that and I feel like the money follows. It's like, be obsessed with getting your clients results. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, no, I love that too. And it, and it's there, I think it works on both sides. It works on the side of when you're thinking about getting results, you're going to do a better job and you're going to help people. Um, and it's going to be more fulfilling and it's the right thing to do. And that's how your business is going to grow too, because people are going to be excited about it and they're going to tell their friends and you know, people are going to see that you're getting results for people. And I think sometimes as a producer, if you're selling beats, it's, it's easy to be detached. And I think I've I've been guilty of this in the past where it's like, well, I don't know, I just want to make beats and then I want to put them out there. And it's almost like I'm not thinking about at first. I wasn't thinking about the result for that person. I was being very selfish. It was just like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to make beats and I hope somebody will pay me for it. Um, and for a while, you know, when I first started selling beats online, that was that was part of my perspective that was kind of what I was thinking um, and then I realized pretty quickly like well that's that's not really gonna work how I need to think about what are the results I can actually get for this person and maybe that is just beats but maybe it's also well let me really think about like okay my friends who are rappers and singers what are the challenges they're facing what can I help them with maybe they need help with mixing and mastering maybe uh, they need some some guidance and I can give them some kind of consulting or a course or a you know some content that's gonna help them and so I think when you take that that perspective of how can I help this person? How can I really make an impact? It, it helps on both sides. It helps you as a human just being fulfilling yeah. and, and, and doing, you know, doing good in the world. And, and it's the best way um, to grow your business. So I think, I think that's awesome. Um, one thing I've noticed that you're, I feel like you're doing a great job of is you put out a lot of content um, and really good content. And I'm curious if you have a strategy as far as um, it can be super overwhelming, I think for, for me, for everybody of like, man, how do I, how do I come up with the ideas? How do I post it on the different platforms? So I'm wondering if you have um, kind of a framework or a way that you think of how to put out content. For my social media content? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's funny that you say that because I feel like I'm kind of dropping the ball in there. <laughs> so that's awesome that, that you see something that looks good there. We, um, so I have a team, a small team that I've kind of put together over the year. I have a, I have a VA that I found um, through onlinejobs.ph. Is that what it's called? And I'm, she, I'm very familiar with that website, yes. 
half she, my team is from onlinejobs.pa. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is a badass. Like, she is just a certified rock star. And um, sometimes I feel like, I mean, she's just becoming like an extension of me. And I, you know, and then I've got Alex, who is also a certified badass. And he helps in our Facebook group too with the tech stuff because he really knows logic really well. So he's able to, you know, and, and I've kind of got him trained on how to get some graphics done. So we get together and we talk about, okay, what kind of content do we want to put out? And then I know that I can pass the ball to him because it was hard to find just any graphic artist because they can't just know the art part of it they have to know they had to be able to produce or understand how the DAW worked right so um so that's what we do we get together and we we drop things and we use stuff like Trello and Google Drive to drop ideas or swipe copy in right and then we go oh we should do something like this you know put our own spin on it um Alex will take care of the graphic Rose takes care of the scheduling we use a website called Loomly to schedule all of our posts and um yeah one thing that i'm just trying to get a little bit better about is i feel like my feed lately is looking a little bit graphic-y right which mm -hmm. i think is cool but i've we've also noticed that um we get higher engagement when i come on um and i'm and it's more personal when i'm on video you know even even selfies which i hate to say because it sounds so like you know take a selfie yeah. but they get more engagement and people people are i think that what i'd like to grow on in that area is just opening up and being a little bit more personal even rather than just being like hey i'm here to teach you hey i'm here to teach you it's like people actually want to know like what's going like people I, I don't drink and so i make these things called these mocktails right and people start hitting me up hey what are you putting your mocktails i want to cut down on alcohol and i'm like maybe i should do a post about that you know not everything has to be sell 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 or even teach 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 i think people want to know the brand so and that builds trust so Definitely, definitely. It's one of those things that um, I think I, I definitely struggle with. I think a lot of producers struggle with where it's like, I don't know, I just want to post my music. Um, or, you know, even if you're in, if you are teaching, then okay, like I only want to post if I've got like, you know, this thing I'm going to teach. Um, and the reality is, no, people want to, like, of course people want that, but people want to connect with who you are. Like, it's just human nature. And um, so doing those posts, telling those stories about, you whether if it's directly related to music or what you're talking about in in your in your courses and stuff like that i think it's super important and it's something that i do not do a good job at, at <laughs> i need to do more of and it's one of those things where it's so easy for me to say um like oh yeah you should do that people are going to care about that and i realize for me i still as much as i say it and know it i at the same time i'll go to post something and be like ah, people don't really care about this and it's same. like i i would give myself that the <laughs> the advice like of course they want to know but um sometimes it's hard to kind of get over get over that so I, but i do think it's important yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try and make it a, a point to start showing up more live as well because i i know that people really dig that like just the rawness of it but man talk about talk about anxiety <laughs> talk yeah. about uh, getting uncomfortable <laughs> so We'll see yeah, how that goes. No, totally. <laughs> I want to, yeah, actually I want to come back to that. But so, okay. So you did, you talked a little bit about hiring um, and how you have that team structured. I'd love to get a little bit deeper into that. So what, what was your process as far as you said, you went to onlinejobs.ph. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have, uh, you know, a certain framework that you followed as far as how you thought about what is that person going to do? How are you going to do that job posting? How are you going to filter through those people? Because mm -hmm. a lot of producers are in the position right now where, they're doing everything on their own and some of them are getting ready to make that first hire. So I'm curious how you approach that first hire. Yeah. So, um, so what I did is I created a Google form and I put it in my job posting 
and I made sure that that Google form was very specific to the things that I'm looking for in my business. So, I mean, of course, it's going to say first name, last name, PayPal, email, what, you know, what do you expect to be paid, you know, um, but also what are your skills, you know, um, rate those skills on a one to five. And then maybe like a personal question, but anything you want to know. I mean, that's just how I kind of wrote mine out. And then in my post, I'm the first thing I do is I start thinking, how can I weed people out that I know aren't a good fix? I don't have time to interview 50 people today. And you will get 50 people that will, <laughs> that will start oh, yeah. messaging you right away. There's so many people looking for work, you know? So one of the things I put was, you know, in the subject line, write dot, dot, dot. I don't remember exactly what I said. And I said, and fill out this form. Please don't send any emails. Wait for me to email you. So anyone who emails me right away, I know they didn't, they did not read my post. Anyone who does not put that in the subject line for the Google form or, you know, whatnot. Um, I know they didn't read the post and I just take them off immediately. I just highlight them red or delete them. And then, um, gosh, there that's, was, an, that's awesome. That, that, <laughs> that's I'll just, just to jump in real quick. That's, yeah. I, I do the exact same thing. Um, uh, yeah. Do the job posting on online, online jobs.ph. Um, and you're right. As soon as you post something up, you know, people are on there and they do sort of the shotgun approach where they have their resume and they'll, they'll just send it out to anything that looks, you yeah. know, decent. Um, and they're and not so even what I put on, Yeah, they, exactly. Exactly. And they're just, you know, they figure whatever, I'll put it all out there and we'll see, see what bites and, you know, yeah. so that's what I say in the posting is, you know, I write the posting to try to make it exciting. And that, and that's one thing I'll mention too, is sometimes people write that job posting and they don't think about it. They're just like, yeah, like this is how much it pays or this is what it is and you know, whatever. But the reality is you're always marketing, right? No matter what. Um, and so in that posting, if you want to attract the best people, you have to write that posting in a way that gets them excited about what yes. you're doing, you know? So make that headline, something exciting, like, Hey, you know, you know, up and coming, growing, you know, music, you know, whatever it is, something to get them excited about it. Here, here's our values. Here's what's exciting about working with us. Um, and then exactly like you just said, I say, don't message me here. We will not even look at them. Click this button and, and go to this Google form. So that's awesome that you do yeah. that too, because it just, it weeds those people out. And the only people that we're looking at at least took the time to actually read it, to click the link, and then to fill out the specific questions that, right. that we had for them. 100%. Cool. So, so, so then they, they fill out the Google form. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what was the I, I take them through a couple more steps of like, you know, say, like, Hey, um, you know, here is a, here's a task that I would like completed, you know, um, please complete this task and, you know, get it back to me by this time. And basically this is a pretty, you know, I'm not hiring you yet. This is a preliminary thing. You have to be willing to show me what you're, you know, able to do. And it might be something as simple as creating um, a graphic, or it might be something as simple as creating a system. Cause one thing I'm trying, trying to get better about is creating systems, you know, thinking of my business, like. Um, like a franchise, you know, um, the E-Myth. I'm sure you've read the E-Myth, right? I was so a, I'm like, okay. As soon as you franchise, I was like, E-Myth e revisited like how could with this uh, run, Michael Gerber. Right, like how could this run without me? So like, you know, what I'll do is I'll take something I do and I'll be like, hey, here's this thing I did. I want you to build me a Loom video that does a walkthrough of how to do this thing and then build me a checklist. So basically create a system for this thing that I do all the time. So I know not only you can do it, but if you go somewhere, somebody else can do it by simply looking at this, this system. And so I'll have them do a couple of things like that until I've got it down to about five to 10 people. And then I'll set up some um, Skype interviews. Um, and one thing I, I learned from the Jen Lehner pro, uh, podcast, she's uh, the host of the Front Row CEO. 
uh, and she talks a lot about VA, so I learned a whole bunch from her. But one thing she talks about, she's like, you know, if they're not super um, personable on camera, don't that don't let that be off-putting. You know, their job is not to be the star of the show. It's not to be on camera necessarily, right? So um, right. don't let that sway your decision, you know. And, and I didn't listen to her, and I ended up hiring somebody who had more skills on paper than this other girl who her English wasn't as good, and she was kind of shy, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Went with this other girl who had all the skills, perfect English. Anyways, long story short, that girl ended up not working out. And then that other girl, I, I never said no to her. I just said, I'm going to get back to you when I've got work for you. Came back to her, and she's been the rock star of, like, this whole team. Everyone's like, go, Rose, you know? like So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. No, Sometimes I think, they're just I shy on camera. <laughs> for sure. No, I think that's two, two really great points there. So the first one, as far as um, the test task idea, mm. is something that was a huge game changer for me um, and it makes such a big difference and I think it's um, I guess maybe it's getting out there more but I feel like traditionally people just don't don't necessarily think about that they think oh I'm gonna put out a job posting and then I'll interview people and then I hire somebody it makes all the difference in the world um, and I think the closer you can make those test tasks to what they're gonna be doing mm -hmm. the better because then you literally just get to see well how good did they do this exact thing that they're gonna be doing um, and it can be so different than, like you said, somebody can interview really well. And then that's yeah. the other point is don't be swayed too much by, hey, like if the job is not a sales position, the fact that they were able to get on, on, on a call and sell you on them yeah. is not necessarily <laughs> the reason why you should hire them, right? If you're right. hiring them to be a graphic designer or, or even customer service and answer emails, their job is not to necessarily be on camera, right? It's to, it's to answer emails or, or whatever, they're, whatever you're hiring for. Um, so having them do those test tasks can be, it's, it's crazy how I've had the exact same thing where I've had people, we get on, we get on a, you know, a call, we're super excited. Like, oh my God, this person seems awesome. They were so friendly and you know, we really yeah. got along and then they do the test task and it's like, Ooh, like they either don't get it or they didn't try or they didn't care, whatever it is. Um, and then the opposite so often is true. Just like you said, where it's like, right. man, the we were, it's like, you know, a little bit, who knows, awkward, or maybe, maybe their English, you know, when, when they were speaking, didn't sound like perfect or whatever, but then they did this test task of replying to some emails and they did amazing, you yeah. know, and then a lot of times those are, are the people who end up being the rock stars. So that's, that's super helpful. And then also that idea of having those processes in place for, for everything that you do is, is another one that's super important. Um, and I do recommend if anybody's interested in basically all the stuff we're talking about as far as structure and process, uh, yeah, E-Myth Revisited is a great book that kind of, that goes into that stuff. Um, and then, okay, and then, and then uh, once you've got them hired as far as the onboarding process, because I think a lot mm -hmm. of people uh, get either frustrated or stuck here where they're like, okay, I hired this person, now my life's, now I've got all this free time. And it's <laughs> like, uh, not yet. No, no. <laughs> I know, right? And it's it's funny because it's like, this is a story of my life. You need to slow down so you can speed up. I actually did a podcast called Sometimes You're the Rubber Band on my podcast, you know, because sometimes we get scared when we're not, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, we're so motivated, we're so driven. So when we're not going blah, 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 and hustling, we feel like we're being lazy or we feel unfulfilled, like we're not working. But sometimes you have to slow down so you can speed up and just know that I call it the sing the slingshot effect, like boom, when you're just pulling back and then pew, you know, you let that shit go and everything's going to take off. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you slow down at first to train and, and you have to let them make mistakes. And then you're going to think like, oh, I, I could have done that faster and I wouldn't have made the mistake. But, but you're just thinking of the short term. If you think in the long term, how much gonna, time it's going to save you, which is money, right? 
because if you're not doing revenue generating things with your time, which is what you should be doing as the CEO, then you're actually losing money. But if you're always after instant gratification of, well, I'll just bang this graphic out or I'll just send this email because I can do it better and faster, then you're missing the point. This is not an overnight process, right? So totally. that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, what I, what I will say that helped a lot is I created an onboarding uh, thing on Trello. So basically when you get hired and to produce like a boss, you come in and it says start here. And it's like, you know, follow all these socials, uh, make sure that, you know, here's your passwords, um, sign up for LastPass, you know, and it, it kind of gives them all these instructions on how, how, what we use in the company and all the tools. And then I also made this little orientation video about like what the company is, what we stand for, like who we're serving, you know, and I just did a bunch of slides. Like I, like you said, you're not you got to sell all the time i'm selling like hey welcome to the company be excited to be here here's what we're about so it was like a webinar but for my new employees and i'm like please go through all this stuff and then i create lists it's like here's a task list here's a complete list when it's done and you know from the task list move it to complete and then tag me you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah no i love that um yeah that approach of um yeah like you said always selling getting people excited and that and that can be well, it applies everywhere, right? It's whether if you're hiring somebody or whether if you are, you know, selling to a customer and 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 doing it at every step. Um, one thing that made me think of is is something that I've been doing more and more often now is having so like okay, we've got like our funnel, right? We're selling some beats or something like that, right? And usually we'll have a video on the first page, and then maybe we have you know an OTO or an upsell on the next page, and there's a video, and I'm excited, I'm telling them about it, and then they would get to the order confirmation page and it's just like a graphic and like a little receipt. And it's like, and I realized like, you know what? Like the yeah. message that that's giving is, well, I was really excited about getting the sale. <laughs> now, now, now we got the sale and now I'm done with you. And it's like, no, that's, that's mm-hmm. not, that's like where the relationship starts. So now I've been doing videos on the order confirmation page where it's like, I'm not selling you anything. Don't worry. Like, this is about congratulations. This is going to be awesome. You know, you'll find the link below to download and here's how to download it and shoot me an email, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I think that that's a great concept that can be applied to, you know, to everything, whether if you're onboarding your staff or you're, you're onboarding a new customer. 100%. I remember when I, one of my coaches, when I was uh, just, I was like when I was first starting, I've been at this for a year, but (laughs) one of the coaches in the beginning process of that was telling me the same thing about how you title your modules in your course. He was like, you know, like once they get there, like I know they already bought the course, but this should feel just as exciting to click on that module and click on that first video as it was at the potential of buying it. Like keep selling while you're in there. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and I went in there and I spiced them up a little bit, you know, we are not just, you know, programming drums. We got, we're going to program some drums that are going to kick you in the chest or whatever we needed to say to make it pop a little bit more, you know, so. Totally, totally. And I think that applies for, for everybody, right? If you're, even if you're just, you just sold some beats, it can still be, okay, there's that video on that page. It can be, hey, in that confirmation email or the email where you're sending them the download links, you know, it's not just like here is your here is your downloads or whatever it's like hey i'm so excited like you know make sure once you download these and and make the songs to them you know send them to me i'd love to hear them and you know i'm, I'm on this journey with you together but you know whatever it is to show them that hey this is actually where that relationship is is starting not ending because we just made the sale and that's how you make those those customers and those relationships you know really last a long time Hundred um, percent. I'm a big fan of gifts, uh, giffies too. My gift game is strong. Like, there's always like, you know, when I'm excited, I put some kind of like, wow. And then I discovered I could make a gift. Is it giffy or gift? It's a giffy, right? Those moving 
photos? Yeah, uh, I think that it's a GIF. A GIF. Okay. Well, I learned that I can yeah, make I think them. Yeah, Giphy of... is. I think there's, that's a popular platform that has. Oh, GIFs okay. On it, so I learned I could make one of myself, and then once I learned that, I'm like, oh my god, it's on. So now sometimes people open an email for me, and I'm all, wow, in the background, just waving my hands, looking like a fool. But it's kind of, you know, my brand is very playful as well, so I think it kind of works. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. What's uh? What now? I need to know. How do you make a GIF? What's your uh? What's your tech stack to make a GIF? So um, I just take a, I just take a video, like a real short video, and if I already have the video, I'll just take a short clip of it, and then you pull it into the I get the Giphy website, Giphy.com, and okay. you just upload, and it creates and generates a link right there. Bam! All right, there's a gem. So in yeah. that confirmation email, when somebody <laughs> buys whatever it is, your beats, a kit, a course, um, get get them excited and put a GIF of yourself. Yeah. Of, of, uh, um, so you mentioned that your brand is kind of playful. Um, yeah. How do you how do you think about branding? How much of that was sort of a conscious decision? Like, hey, this is what my brand is about. How much of it is just just kind of you shining through? How how did how has that evolved? It was it was very thought out because what when I when I realized who I was serving, I th I had to think about like everything that's kind of led me through this journey and how much of it was. In, it was there's a lot of t intimidation and a lot of fear and a lot of ego and a lot of just like oh you can't do this you're just a singer songwriter you should stick to what you're good at and there was I wanted it to feel warm and f and playful and inviting and it's like you know plus as far as like my like I said this wasn't my like oh I'm gonna be a blue ocean but just naturally who I am like I don't take myself too seriously and I feel like most producers like they you know it's we're in most musicians want to be cool right and they're gonna present as cool right or trying to look cool and I'm like, like, you know what, I'm going to let them, not that I purposefully show stuff of me messing up, but if I do, like, it's not about me, right? So if I'm teaching, like, a thing on vocals it's and, and producing, right, I might, like, crack a little bit and be like, <clears throat> let me get that again, and I don't care. Like, I just make it like, hey, it's okay, you're going to mess up, and when you do, here's how to fix that, rather than let me get that 30 times to get it right to show them something that's not realistic. So it's like I'm coming forward as, like, playful and no ego, um, humorous to lighten the mood so that it's less scary because the tech around it and then the the peers around it can be a little intimidating. So I chose the colors. Um, my my production company colors are black and yellow. And so I chose um, yellow and with a pop of pink. Um, and we actually did some research on the colors and the psychology and like how they are in, they mean friendliness and they mean like inviting and comfort and, and all these other words that I can't remember. But it was uh, strategic on the, the, the color choices for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think it's something really important to to think about is what what is your brand and i think that you know your logo and your colors are are part of that but it's really like what's the feeling that people get when they interact with you with your content with your products with your music to me that's what your brand is and so it's something that i think is really important and also it's something that i think a lot of times tend to tends to evolve and i think that's okay you know so yeah. just you know i think for sometimes you know, like I'll, I'll just think back for me, it was like, well, I don't know. Again, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to sell beats. Like what, what's my brand? I, don't know, I guess good beats, you know, but then as I started, you know, finding my voice more and talking, you know, about what I was doing and, and connecting with that customer more, then my brand started to evolve as like, oh, my message is about, you know, from on the Legion Beat side, you know, empowering independent artists to, you know, take control of their own career. And yes, the beats that I'm selling is like one piece of that, but it fits into this bigger narrative and it fits into the feeling that I want people to get when they interact with my brand, which is, you know, empowered as an artist to be successful on their own. Um, so yeah, 100%. I think that's, that's super, super 100%. One of the, the things that like, you know, that I am selling people uh, on and promoting is like, hey, like you can 
do all these things like you can be it's okay you don't have to just pick one and you know you don't have to oh I'm just a songwriter I can never do that I'm just a singer you're a creative okay and you live in a day and an age <laughs> where modern technology has made it easier than ever for creatives to get their ideas out of their heads you now more than ever you don't need to be an engineer you don't need to have gone to music school um, and that's just the truth and a lot of people that that did pay the money for the music school you know are gonna maybe disagree for that but like I think you know like I just interviewed Steven Slate on my podcast and we were talking about it he's like no man like I mean like we look at where we are to where I'm not saying like oh anyone can do it no it's it's, it's simple but it's not easy right but I I'm just all here's the thing there's a there's a saying a jack of all trades is a master of none and it is it breaks my heart when people when they use it and they don't understand that the original saying is actually longer than that are you are you familiar no a jack of all trades is a master of none but still always better than a master of one is actually the complete quote and i think there's really? something really yeah i think there's something really special about being able to to be a visionary and to be like no i want to know how all of this works and that doesn't always mean you have to do everything right even there's a lot of producers that don't do everything dr dre doesn't play everything you know rick rubin didn't touch an instrument right so it's like yes produce like a boss get in there learn how to do all this stuff but don't be like afraid to be like okay that's a violin part i heard in my head and i have really cheesy samples i'm gonna hire out for that part or you know what i'm not really great with synths let me lay down these pan piano chords and let me hire out for that part but being able to take control of your music and get the music that's out of your head and into the world that's something that only you can do because how often do you see that that artist producer relationship where the artist is like you know it's something like this and the producer's like huh you know i mean obviously we have really beautiful connections where the producer and the artist are very like in sync but there's a lot of like artists that feel like their voices aren't being heard so i'm like all right let me teach you how to get the music out of your head you know mm. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. is not to no, say that like awesome. everyone can be a producer and that you're going to play all the parts, but to be able to get out what's in your head and then, you know, be able to communicate better with your producer. Let's say you're just doing your demos and you're like, yeah, this is where I'm at. And then you get into the studio. Now you're able to say, hey, punch me in on that bar. Hey, let's fly that part over there. And hey, could you dial back the, the attack on that compressor? Just being able to have that conversation is going to empower you more as an artist, even if you don't end up releasing the stuff you produce, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that speaks to something that we kind of mentioned earlier of the 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 yes to no ratio, depending on where you are, <laughs> right, in your journey, which is like, yeah, don't be afraid to say yes and try, you know, try different things. Um, because for one thing, you might end up being better at it than you thought. You might like it more than you thought. It might create opportunities where now all of a sudden that go that's the direction that you start going in. Um, and yeah, and, and if nothing else, like you just won't be in, as intimidated as you might have been if you hadn't tried it for the first time. You know, if you are a singer and you've never, you know, approached a, a DAW, you might look at it and be like, that looks crazy. But then you start getting in there and you're like, okay, this is this yeah. is manageable. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm wondering, so some of the stuff that you teach is about, um, you know, you, you teach a lot of like the tactical as far as like how to actually produce, right? As a, as a singer songwriter, mm -hmm. do you do you also teach some of the how to monetize and how to how to make money? I do, I do. do. Okay, so yeah. so I have a question for you about that, sure. which is something that I feel like I've come across a lot of in the world of, of music, and I think the arts in general is that there's almost like uh, some kind of aversion or a let's just say a complicated relationship with money and making money and. Sometimes if, for example, 
if you if I'm saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how to make money from your music, that sometimes there's a negative reaction to that. Like it's something that's now you have bad intentions because if you really love music, it wouldn't money wouldn't matter, or you know, or now you're doing it for the wrong reasons, or or, or there just seems sometimes to be a lot of uh, negative mindset stuff around money. So my long-winded question here is basically, have you come across that? And is there something that you, you know, is, do you have a message to kind of uh, answer that? I think that that kind of probably comes from the narrative of that, like artists have to suffer and starve to be great artists. And I think that's mm. where that idea comes from. And I just, I just don't think it's true. I think it's false. And I think a lot of things are, I think a lot of narratives are false that we just blindly follow and parrot because we don't know any better. Um, that's just how we were raised. That's what the media tells us or what the TV, the shows, tell, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to walk, you know, I'm going to be performing in this place and someone's going to come in and you know what, kids, you got what it takes. And then they're going to give me a million dollar record deal and they're going to rescue me. There's so many things that like, oh, that's just not how the industry works. And um, I mean, if there, if I, I feel bad for anybody that has any guilt associated with making money from from their craft because I think that they're told like you have to go to a job that you hate, right? And that's what the hardworking American does and you get paid and then you come home and you do that thing as a hobby, right? Because those right. like artists and musicians don't make money. Yeah. And yeah. I just no, I, and it, it's and a it, it's a false, it's a it's a limiting and it's a false belief. Yeah, no, it really is and I think yeah, it's either like okay, either you you can't make money from this or like you said, the only somehow noble way to make money is that some record label or manager, right. whoever is going to magically find you and, and then you're just rich and famous just because you locked yourself in your studio and made great music. And, you know, if that ever was true, you know, maybe it was, maybe there was a little bit of that at some point. It's certainly not true today. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think getting rid of that mindset is, is important. I think for whatever reason, it's just been slow. And I think people just you know that that's it's kind of ingrained in a lot of people um but hopefully as more and more people see people like yourself and and people who have now taken this love and passion of music and figured out how to make a living from it in a way that is certainly not hurting anybody it's helping people it's the more the more successful chris bradley is like the better place the world is like not to make it you know so i don't know not whatever make it sound like uh uh it's it's something bigger than it is but it but it is impacting the world it is making the world a better place if you can teach somebody how to monetize their craft and so um i just think it's awesome that you're helping to spread that word and i i, I like that we're going more and more in that direction i hope that people are ready to to take that message in that it's it's not only okay to making a living from your music but it's it's a good thing it's great it's good for it's good i for think everybody. the world needs more people doing what lights them up and the way that they're going to be able to do that on a more consistent basis is if they're being paid for it if you think about it like if everybody's right. doing what they're happy and passionate about like talk about like world peace talk about like you know just like an overall good vibe like you know i i feel very blessed to be able to do what i love for a living and that with what comes with that is a very positive outlook on life like i'm not going around tearing other people down or trolling on people or like you know being a bad energy in this world because I'm happy and I'm fulfilled and I want that for other people because I, I just think that's what the world needs right and you can't go around doing what lights you up all the time if you got to work a day job to support it I mean you'll you'll be able to do it on that off time but like why not make it as much of the time as possible and I really think that's yeah. what we're kind of moving towards I know it's like crazy times we're living in right now and it's easy to focus on the negative but what I see that's really positive is like the uprising of self-education online courses you know 
um, the fact that you don't have to go to university to learn a bunch of stuff to support the major that you that you want to study, right? That like are, is totally irrelevant, you know? Teachers used to say, well, you're not going to be able to have a calculator with you everywhere. And now it's like, who's laughing now, teacher? <laughs> you know, like, and then you learn all this stuff that doesn't actually support, you know, the major. So you're not even interested in it. And then you get out and it's like you learn from somebody who's making 40 or 50 grand a year. So you can hopefully get out and make 50 grand a year. But now you're like 100 grand in debt for student. And it's like, OK, what about online courses? Learning from people that have done it and are shortcutting that path for you. I just think that's amazing because now you're going to get a bunch of people doing exactly what they want to do with hyper-focused study in the area that actually lights them up. All yeah. Entrepreneurs yeah. are changing the, are going to change the world for the better if they have, I mean, they have already, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, what, that's where yeah, it's at. No, I, lo no, I love <laughs> it. I love it. And, it. and it is, it's like, it's been the, you said shortcut. It's been the biggest shortcut for me is that exact thing that you're talking about is finding, okay, who are the people who have gotten this result that I want to get? And how can I, instead of me going through the process that took them 10 years to do, how can I just like download that information and get their, get not just the information, but the insight as far as like, okay, what is the next best step for, for me to do? And then the next best step, the next best step. And the answer is, well, go find that person. And, <laughs> and if they've got a course or if they do coaching or, you know, just, just get that from that person and the, and, and invest in yourself because like you said, what's the alternative? You go to college and you learn a bunch of, you know, and, and maybe that's the right path for somebody, but it probably, if you want to be a producer or you want to be a songwriter or something, probably that's, that's not going to be the thing that's going to help you. But if you can find somebody who's done exactly the result that you're trying to get, has a passion for teaching, has gotten that result for other people, bam, that's the shortcut. Like, right. there, it's there a... couldn't be a better, you know, way to do it mentorship like it's a, it's a no-brainer right i always say it's like going to a restaurant and it's like oh i love this chicken piccata oh it's the best chicken piccata i've ever had oh i want to learn how to make that chicken piccata you could turn around and go to culinary school learn how to make all the dishes right learn about like kitchen safety and a bunch of other shit you don't care about when you really just want to learn how to make that chicken piccata or you could walk directly back or no or option number two you could go down the rabbit hole watching a bunch of youtube videos on how to make chicken piccata but is it really going to taste like that chicken piccata or last option go to the chef Hey man, can you give me this recipe? Can you teach me? What do I have to pay you? Because this is all I want to learn. I don't care about yeah. anything else. And I feel like, you know, I mean, success leaves, uh, what does Tony Robbins say? Leaves, uh, success leaves, leaves clues. clues. There it is. I don't, I don't is. know if that's the exact yeah, quote, no, but that yeah, is. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> success leaves yeah, clues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he, yeah, and he talks about, you know, model after success, same, same idea. Um, it's huge. It's been, it's been the biggest shortcut for me for sure of like, you don't, you don't have to figure it out. Like somebody's done it, even if it's maybe, you know, and then you can put your own twist on it or whatever. But um, yeah, finding somebody who's gotten that result and, 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 you know, learning from them is, is definitely the, uh, is definitely the shortcut. Um, so, okay. So if you were, um, let's say you were starting from scratch today with your career. So you have your information, but you don't have the resources. You don't have the team. People don't know who you are. What would be your your approach of kind of like how how would you start? If I had all the information, but I I didn't have the team. Yeah, you didn't have the team. You don't have the following. Um, maybe you don't have the some of the money that you have. Um, basically, you know, a lot of producers or people you know people watching or listening to this might be in a position where they are at that stage in their journey. They're not yet where you are. So I'm curious how you might approach it. And the result they're getting, they want to get might be slightly different, but I'm just curious, like what, what might you start with if you had basically less resources, but mm -hmm. the knowledge you have? 
yeah, I mean, if, assuming that I'm wanting to do the same thing, I just don't have the, the, the assets yet. I would show up and like, like we were talking about earlier, I would just be obsessed with getting people's results. So I would show up and give constant, free, valuable content. And every person that commented, I would personally DM. I would always respond to their comments. I, you know, I, this is so funny. I, I had a girl who would message me randomly on Instagram. Hey, I saw this video you did. Hey, could you, and, and this was like not even that long ago. And I would just like send her a voicemail back. And I'm like, Hey girl, all you got to do is click file, go to audio, go to settings. And she'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you responded to me. Turned out we lived in the same neighborhood, went and got coffee and we'd become like close, close friends. Right. So that's what I would do. I would treat everybody, you know, like a million bucks and I would build those relationships and build that trust and give so much value to where I've built my social proof and my trust with people. And then people will want to pay you for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think that's, that's perfect. I think that's the answer. So whether if you're, you're selling beats, you're selling kits, you're selling courses, um, be obsessed about getting results for people about helping them first before worrying about making the money. And then, you know, as soon as you've done that, now you've got that social proof. Now you've proven to, by the way, not only, you know, it's important to prove it to other people, but you got to prove it to yourself. I know for me, like I, I don't feel confident selling something uh that i don't know works you know what i mean like right. i'm not going to be good at selling a course or beats or whatever that i don't believe in that i don't already know okay yes this has gotten results for people so i think having that is uh is super important on both sides for you and for your customers so yeah no i think that's great advice yeah um i'm curious too so i feel like um, I feel like women are very underrepresented as far as producers and engineers. I'm curious if that's been your experience and if why you think that might be. I think it goes back to, I mean, it, it has been my experience. Um, and I think it goes back to like whatever, you know, just common narratives, you know, what seems to be the norm, you know, women not necessarily being encouraged at young age to pursue things like, you know, engineering and, and science even, you know, it's kind of like, and I think that's changing. And I think we're seeing more, um, we're seeing more women in the space and it's nice. It's nice to see. I'm also not a woman that's like, not. I am a girl's girl. I will put that out there. I'm a girl's girl for sure. But I'm also not like a, I like to... Let me find the right way to say this. I'd rather feel empowered and feel like I can do anything than think that something is holding me back or use that as an excuse. So I'm never going to approach anything from a victim standpoint. Like, oh, I can't do that because I'm a woman. No, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that as a woman. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm not going to hop on the man-hating train of like, you know, oh, it's men keeping us out of the industry. No, we have to we have to want it and we have to go for it too, you know? And I, I don't think as many girls were told when they were little girls, like, you can be a producer. I certainly wasn't. Man, I even had like guys I was dating that were like, oh, yeah, you could never do that. <laughs> like, you know, so I think we just need more like we need to normalize it more. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I love that. It's just being empowered and it's not um, whatever, whatever anybody's uh, background or, or or reasons that they feel like might be holding them back. Um, no matter what they are and whether they're fair or not, um, I think the thing that you can control is your reaction to it right is 100%. like okay well whatever maybe i've been hearing this my whole life maybe it's rigged this way maybe all that's true but guess what i'm gonna i'm gonna feel empowered to uh to do what i need to get the result that i want i think that's awesome i think that's a great message thank you i i think i think that one of the one of my mentors told me he said you know you have to you have to build something so great 
that you can't be ignored. So one thing that I've tried to focus on that I always remember when I feel, if I feel like I'm knocking on doors, it's not the right time to be knocking on that door because when I've built whatever I'm working on up to a certain point, those doors fly off hinges and I don't have to knock like, hey, 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 like, look at me, look at me. You know, it's, it's, that's become the natural flow of things for me is to be like, okay, when it, when it's time, and it's not to say that you shouldn't pursue things, but also like understanding like the order of events, you know, it's like if I'm knocking and I'm knocking and nothing is happening, maybe it's time to put my head down and bury my head a little bit and just keep like chiseling and build something great and like, you know, build something so great that it can't be ignored. It's just what I always hear in my head from that mentor. I'm like, okay, just keep working on it. You know, I don't know. That was another good one. Would you say build, build something so great that, that, it can't that be you can't be ignored? And I'm like, not saying like, oh, I'm so, I'm just saying like, that's what I tell myself. That's another mantra. I tell myself, just build something so great. You can't be ignored. You know, I I tell my students, don't knock, don't just go knocking on doors, you know, build something so great that those doors fly off the hinges. People are coming to you knocking on your door, you know? Love it. Love it. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's a good, uh, good tone to, to start to wrap things up on. Um, Man, this has been awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh to be on here if you could let us know uh you know where people can find you um what you got coming up and uh and then anything else you you'd want to end the uh the podcast with sure well thank you so so much for having me like seriously you're awesome i love the podcast and i really enjoyed uh, hearing you speak at funnel hacking live i was like so so inspired so it's a really an honor to be here thank you um, anyone who wants to find me can find me at Produce Like a Boss on all the socials and uh, at producelikeaboss.com. And, you know, I know that what we, Gabe and I were talking about this earlier, what I focus on on, on teaching is is, is um, more around uh, how to get started in learning how to produce yourself as a singer-songwriter. But I am doing some stuff around making money from your home studio as well. And, uh, and you can find all that stuff at producelikeaboss.com. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the MIDI Money Podcast. If you're not subscribed already, please be sure to do that right now on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you do me a quick favor and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or comment and like the videos on YouTube. You know, those ratings, reviews, those comments, they all show that people are getting value, helps the algorithm and helps get this podcast out to more producers. So it means so much to me if you'd be willing to take a couple minutes to do that. Oh, and if you'd like to learn more about how I was able to turn Legion Beats into a profitable business and how you can join our community of hundreds of producers all working towards that same goal, head over to midimoney.com go.